You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That. My guest today is opera singer Megan Miller. And we're going to talk about her uh, time right now in Pennsylvania and her journey from being raised Catholic to um, changing her faith to Muslim. So you are in Pennsylvania. I am currently in Pennsylvania. I'm in Chester County, PA, which is uh, one of the Philadelphia suburbs. And so it's an important place right now. And you were saying your father-in-law is a little little nervous. Well, my father, my actual father. Oh, your father. <laughs> the oh. man who made me. Um, so <laughs> oh, I yeah, thought you were so, at a father-in-law's house. You're at your no, father's house. My father-in-law's house is in Kosovo, but okay. my father's house is here. And oh. um, yeah, I grew up in this neighborhood and um, yeah, all of my neighbors, I see the sign, which signs they have on their lawn. It's very interesting. Um but yeah, we're, we're at my father's house. My father is an amazing man. He's a former NASA scientist who has traveled the world, super interesting, educated man. And he is a, a very strong Trump supporter and I think leaning libertarian at this point. Um, wow. So we have amazing conversations. Um, I mean, I I reject the idea that anybody who votes one way in a certain election has the same agenda as all of the other people. I think everyone has their own beliefs and there really is a spectrum of what issues people are interested in. Um, but uh, I have just seen him get progressively uh, more, uh, I, I would say, uh, hard in his positions. Interesting. What, what do you, because of course I, I have a brother who's a Trump supporter yeah. Yeah. and voter. So, okay. Um, I've asked my brother, like, what is that about? And it's like, because he's going to be good for real estate. I'm oh. like, okay, he's going to be good for real estate. He's not going to be good for black men. So what, I know. I mean, it's a very what interesting you, what thing. What is it for your dad? Is it financial? 
Um, okay. On some level, I think it is. And he says things like, I'll be able to leave you and the kids more, you know, if, um, if his policies stay in effect and he, you know, he has very specific things about the death tax or the estate tax, depending on how you want to see it. Um, and, um, he has really specific ideas about what health insurance should be and shouldn't be. Um, so on that level, I think there's some of it. And then I think taxes, he feels like there's been improvement with, um, the tax structure. I could not disagree more. And it has really hit my family hard what the, what he's changed. Um, and also for us, immigration is a huge issue. And so my father knows this because we're, we're going to be applying for green cards for my husband and his teenage son. And that process is getting harder and harder every day. October 1st brought a number of changes to the process. And, you know, we've been talking about this with my father and he knows about it, but he's like, I'm still going to vote for the person that I think will make your future better. Um, but, you know, the other thing that he says when I ask him about why he wants to support Trump, um, because at the beginning of his candidacy, my father was very disturbed by his behavior. Mm -hmm. And because my father is um, in some ways a Southern gentleman, he was mm -hmm. born in Little Rock and um, but also spent time in the Northeast, you know, so he, he has some influences. But I think um, manners and comportment are very important to him. And I was amazed that he could ever cross over <laughs> to, to yeah. this candidate. But what he says is for. <laughs> decades, the media has wanted to call me and everyone who thinks like me racist and homophobic and full of hate. And none of the candidates were fighting against it. And Trump finally fought back. And I had to support that. Mm. And so I, so I was like, so this is all about your ego, dad. <laughs> he didn't like that. But, um, you know, and he's also, my, my father's a very religious man. He attends mass every morning wow. and he reads um, to them, you know, and I went to Catholic school my whole life, but it taught me other things. You know, I feel like I learned a different version of that. Um, I, I totally get the point of view. Yeah. I totally get it. And there's a, I was raised Catholic too. Mm. And there's, but, and, but I've, you know, dabbled in many other religions and tried so many different religions. And, you know, I have my own practices and there is, this going to sound out there, but there's a way in which I think that the man in the office right now is mm -hmm. a master magician, metaphysician. Oh, yes. And... I think, you know, it's, I have some other things that are interesting. You know, my husband observes the world politics a lot. You know, he was involved in wars. Um, he has been part of a revolution, you know, uh, he still writes a lot. Uh, he has his own Facebook page where he writes about world politics. What's and his name? So we can follow. Okay, um, Shkumbin Murici. Okay, well, you're going to have to put that in the chat for me because uh, I don't okay. think I'm going to be able to even pronounce it, much less write it down. I'll just spell it. S-H-K. Wait a minute. Give me one second. S-H-K. U-M. S-H-K-U-M. B-I-N. S-H-K-U-M. B-I-M. And that's his first name. And then last name is Murici. M-U- Mm -hmm. R-I-Q-I. 
Okay, uh, pronounce it for me one more time. Skumbin Murici. Skumbin Murici. Good. The last letter of his first name is an N. Skumbin Murici. Yeah. And then if you put an SH at the beginning, like Skumbin. No, Skumbin. 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 Yeah. It's the name of a river. Okay. His first name is the name of a river. Skumbin. I I try hard because I feel like I just came back from Korea and yes, um, I I feel like putting your foot in your mouth and trying to say names and you know my friends would just laugh at me trying to pronounce their Korean names, but I feel like that's part of how we connect. You know they've had to, you know, silently listen to people change their names or uh, you know just not even try. But for me to keep trying and messing up, they get to. And laugh at me and me being comfortable with being laughed at is how we connect. Can I tell you, okay, yes, that is it. That is it. Because my husband, I mean, I have to say, we, um, up until the first week of September, we lived in Austria. And people would just give up on his name. Basically, everybody else just says Dino for him. They just gave it, you know, his grandmother used to call him Dino. So they just call him Dino. Um, and they, there are people who've actually told him that he's misspelling his last name because you can't have a Q without a U. So do you know what he says? What? You're right. <clears throat> You're right. <laughs> because if someone's going to say that to you, it's beyond hope. You just don't have the fight. Yeah. And if they ever figure it out later, they'll be more embarrassed. It's a hard one. You know, I do have that pick my battles kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like if I do battle with you, it's because I'm invested in having a real relationship with you. And if I don't do battle with you, it's because I've dismissed you. That's very important. I mean, I have to say, you are right. We have to allow ourselves to be laughed at and uncomfortable. That's for me, what you just said is the basis of every conversation. We have to admit that we don't know something. We have to let people feel that we don't know it and ask even the stupidest questions to try to get closer to the answers. And that's why I love what you're doing here, by the way, that you're just like having this conversation that we're not supposed to be allowed to have, right? Because I feel like it's important for people to get to I mean, how else would you have it if you don't have like an ability to reach out to people that you would not come in contact with on a daily basis? So then people can be the fly on the wall of something they can't actually access. Well, and I have to say, so my husband is Muslim and I converted when we got married. Oh. Yeah. And my mother, um, and I'm kidding, like, I'm not kidding. She, She passed away two years ago. And she was talking with me about it. And she had known, she had known my husband since 2011. And it wasn't until her last year of life that she finally said, okay, what do Muslims believe? And I just wish she had asked earlier and let me know that she really had no idea. So this is a really beautiful conversation I would love to have. You know, you were saying your husband is from Kosovo. And in my movie, Red Pill, I have a Croatian character. Ah, mm -hmm. And, you know, who goes at it with the white Americans about, you know, what it meant in, 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 in Croatia to, right. What it meant to, uh, you know, the genocide that happened there. And, um, 
And I have friends who are like, we were Christians, we were Muslims, we were friends. We didn't know any difference. So until someone came and said, you know, hate each other. So right. you're this beautiful, I'm going to say you're blue-eyed, green-eyed. Yeah, blue-eyed, yeah. Blue-eyed, <laughs> blonde, and you're a Muslim. Nobody would yeah. expect it, but there's Never. lots of blue-eyed Muslims. Yeah. What did it mean for you going from Catholic to Muslim? Because many people think that's the opposite sides of the aisles. No way. But it's not. It's like the same. It's the same thing in some ways. In some ways. Uh, but also, I must say that in between, I had 10 years of Buddhism. <laughs> so like you, I've kind of journeyed, you know, looking for uh, the things that felt truest to me. And, um, and I have to say it was a really hard thing for me because I had a lot of fears about what Muslims believe and and what their culture is. And that's the other thing, because what we believe in our religions is not the same thing as how our neighbors that are supposedly the same behave and what their expectations are as we grow up. And, um, you know, I've had people say to me, how can you do that to women? And, you know, the thing I want to say is that actually there's a lot in Islam that supports women wholeheartedly. And um, there's less of it in the Christian teachings, much less. And, um, you know, I mean, one of Muhammad's freedom, let's give peace be upon him. I'm also transiting between German. I conduct my my, my marriage in German. Oh, Wow. <laughs> I'm basically becoming slower because I had to keep translating no matter which language I'm speaking because I'm just, I don't, I'm confused. But so peace be upon him. One of his wives was a businesswoman, you know, and that's a tremendous support. Uh, if you think about it, that this figure um, represented tolerance of, of uh, a businesswoman even way back then. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I find that uh, I had I had a lot of really visceral fears um, that were taught to me. Um, a lot of it about, you know, 9-11 and terrorism in general and um, the depictions in media, especially in our entertainment. Because, you know, they don't look so different from my husband, these scary men that are blowing things up and taking hostages and, you know, hacking people's body parts and whatever. And um, it's been very interesting because uh, one of the big bugaboo words for me was Sharia law, Mm. you know, which I just think people, you know, losing their hands, (laughs) you know, they chop off their hands. Um, But the interesting thing, which I think we in the U.S. need to pay attention to, is that in Sharia law, first and foremost, there is no such thing as just throwing someone in prison. Mm. for their life. Mm. I mean, I don't know if it's better or worse, but if somebody has just been a repetitive problem and they've been found to be um, very harmful to society, they'll just kill them instead of putting them like like a poor animal in prison to build more hate somehow or whatever it is. I mean, that seems to be against the the entire concept of life anyway. And so when we think about the prison system in the U.S., it's like, so is that better? What's our system? I'm with you because in the Inuit and the great Iroquois Confederacy, they had this concept that if someone was what they called a kunlangeta. Kunlangeta. Yes, someone who just kept raping and stealing and uh, harming the community, mm-hmm. they felt it was irremediable. And yeah. that, you know, when the whole community agreed upon that, 
someone would kill them because that was not good for the community. I mean, there is amazing logic in this. And I think we know that there are crimes that seem to not be fixable. And these people that, you know, when we look at um, serial rapists or um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Serial murderers. (laughs) And serial um, pedophiles. Yep. That has been, you know, discussed a lot that it doesn't seem to get better, you know. So then um, what's the option? And and these are big questions in society. But, you know, the other thing that's very interesting about uh, systems, you know, Sharia law is a system that supposedly is, if you believe in the transmission of the Quran from the angel Gabriel, then that is from God. So wait a minute. Gabriel's in our Catholic thing. So Gabriel is started Islam? Help me. So angel Gabriel transmitted all of God's words to Muhammad, peace be upon him. And that is how the Quran was written. And the thing that most people don't understand is that uh, Muslims believe that the Quran is the same book as the Bible and the same book as the Hebrew scriptures, just never ruined by human hand. The same religion, the same religion, the same creator, and so, isn't that interesting? It's yeah. the same. But the Quran predates the Bible, right? Or no? No, it doesn't. Okay. Doesn't predate. Okay, exactly. And and the whole premise is that Muhammad is the last prophet, oh. and that every culture throughout history has had a series of prophets delivering the same message as fit the culture. And so it's very interesting. So they considered Jesus Christ to be an incredibly important person and, um, and uh, even Buddha. All, every culture has had their prophet and they just believe that human hands ha- and have corrupted the message throughout the time. Oh, the, the, our time. now I got to go read the Quran. Right? I mean, the thing that's also very interesting is that the Quran contains a lot of like daily wisdom about how to handle your family, how to handle your children, how to handle your wife and your relationships with with other people. And um, there's some real beauty in there. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's hard for me to deal with a text that isn't to be interpreted so much and mm. is supposed, you know, it's more fundamentally 
you know, when we think of fundamentalists in the in the the Catholic and uh, and um, Christian faiths, you know, they don't change a word. They believe that everything is is not a symbol and not an allegory, but it's really how it is. And the thing that's interesting to me is there are plenty of discussions about how to interpret the Quran as well. Because I, when I first started looking at this as a possibility for my life, I just thought I can't have these words penning me in <laughs> where I can't find something that relates to my life. You know, one of the hardest things for me is when I was talking with my father about uh, preparing for my wedding with my husband. Um, he was, my father, my husband's divorced. His, his first wife was Catholic as well and is in Austria, not too far away from where we were with, with two of his beautiful children, you know? And so uh, my father was saying, is there any chance that the marriage could be annulled, could be annulled because um, uh, it's my understanding that Muslims do not see marriage as a lifetime thing, which is true. Um, not, I mean, it is, but there are ways, there are very wonderful ways actually to deal with relationships that aren't working. But, um, he really wanted it to be uh, annulled because otherwise we were sinning no matter what we would be sinning. Even if we were married, it wouldn't really be uh, a way to get out of sin. And I just said, there's no room for me in that. What are you going to do with me? You know, how do we come out of this? I'm not going to ask my husband, and he would never do this, to annul a marriage where, first of all, there are two children. And it what well, it existed. You know, these people were together and had many years together happily. And, you know, but the, the, when things are so hard and rigid, um, people feel like there's no room for circumstances, you know, we, we all are living and there's no compassion in that. And so I was worried about Islam the same way. So Go ahead. I got to know, okay, Catholic, like, you know, they talk about recovering Catholics, like Catholicism mm-hmm. doesn't ever get out of you. It's like there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. And you're still in relationship with your mother and father. So you have a yeah. good relationship with your family. Yeah. What was it for you? How did you make that decision to do, to go to something that, you know, here's your father, you're going to be living in sin forever. How did you wrestle with that? I mean, that's like burning some bridges and God going to strike you down <laughs> dead. <laughs> How did you do that? Well, I just, um, I, I, nothing in my gut or conscience could believe what he was saying. And it seemed to me so clear that this man and this relationship were uh, filled with positive light and warmth. And so um, it seemed to me that the God that I felt that I knew wouldn't have done that to me, you know. And I, I follow my gut much more than I follow my brain, even though I'm a very analytical person. I just follow my gut for the important stuff. And I can't believe that that's the truth. I love that you say that you followed your gut and your conscience, because one of the things that I'm often saying in my women's circle is that for us as women, our truth is in our body. And if we just listen to our body of feels good, doesn't feel good, I want to, I don't want to, that that should be 
the only authority on what we make decisions on. And that males have this ability to spin language. And if we bite on that hook, we lose contact with this body thing and, and we've lost. As soon as we engage with that language thing, we've lost, we've lost the whole battle. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, I think, okay, I believe that women and men have equal capabilities to do the same work, but I think that feminine energy and feminine function in the world is just a different thing. It's about building connection in a different way. Bridges, building bridges. That's, interestingly enough, my husband and I describe our entire relationship as just keeping the bridges intact over what this enormous chasm that's between us. (laughs) We just keep going over the bridges. But I think that's what women do. And I think they build relationships. I think that's also maybe my nature, how I was able to keep my family relationships because I don't know. I don't believe that God's going to strike me down for doing something wrong because I think that he understands a lot more than we do. (laughs) And that if we try to reduce him to our petty ridiculousness that we go through every day, then we're all really lost. I just think that, that he, she, the force that is God, um, is on a completely different dimension. And it's my hope that also after death that I will be able to approach some of that dimension myself and understand more and that all of these details will seem unimportant by so that point. So what were the, there had to be some stumbling blocks from your mm. Catholic to your Muslim. <laughs> what were some of those? Oh, well... I still have a lot of issues with some of the the concepts of, you know, the world of genes, you know, this entire dimension of other creatures, you know, not just angels and, and humans, but also there are these genes. Oh. Now, some people would say evil spirits, but they, in, in as far as I understand in the Muslim world, they can be positive, negative, or um, positive, neutral, or negative. And, um, and they have more capabilities, but they can live among us. They can, in my opinion, if I were to look at that now with my belief as a person and the way I kind of resolve things in my brain, um, I think that that's how they explain illness, mental illness, um, negative energy from people. You know, stuff that we would say, oh, that that person has a, a, a bad energy or, um, you know, for whatever reason, I can't seem to have a conversation with this person or um, this place feels bad to me. I don't like to go in this place or this is an unexplained physical illness. This person always seems to attract bad luck or this person always seems to have, have uh, stupid accidents or whatever. You know, I wonder if that's really what's going on in that belief, because I do think that there are some things that are allegorical in the Quran. I may get a lot of responses for that if anybody is interested, but, um, but I do believe that there are ways to explain things to humans that um, will be seen later over time differently, you know? So, so yeah. And also me- the cleanliness. The other thing is that it's how they deal with how, when things are dirty mm. and how, like maybe it's bacteria, maybe it's viruses, maybe it's that sort of thing. So Go ahead. give me a more specific understanding of a gene. 
Huh, well, I may not I may not be the best person to explain this. And like I said, this is just what I understand. So I have to go from there. Um, that these are like, we all have angels. We maybe some, some people really believe in angels and, um, and that they're uh, creatures that sort of protect us or bring out our best nature or um, show us a way sometimes. Other people would maybe consider the Holy Spirit to be part of that. Um, and then there are, in, in the belief of Islam, there is this group of other creatures that have been tasked by God and Satan to test us and try to bring us over to the other side. Mm. See, this is, I, I love the synchronicity of things because okay. I'm uh, in the midst of reading a book called Ankaro Gwyn by Robin Artisan, and it's about the fairy world. Ah. And so that's in the jinn world yes. and, and the angel world. And the book is 900 pages. I'm maybe 100 mm. pages into it. But um, cool. one of the things that uh, they talk about is that, and I believe this, I've always said that if there's a devil, it's God's devil. And so, you know, God, the devil, Jesus, it's all part of a continuum. And we, in our humanness, judge this good or that bad, or we like this, we're attracted to that, we don't like right. that. But it's all part of this one thing. And so I've always felt that everything is of the all. And so mm -hmm. that there is the all the consciousness that is in the all is in everything. It's in rocks. It's in the grass. It's in the flowers. And so in Ankara Gwyn, they talk about the consciousness. It is a non-human consciousness, but that exists in things that we call inanimate. Ah, uh, I'm so, I'm with you. I am with you completely. And this also dives a little bit with some of my Buddhist years you know, where I was kind of looking, I was, I think I was sort of like a pantheist at that point, really thinking that everything had its own spirit or that everything was all one spirit. And I, I wonder how much it is, how important it is, how we understand it, as opposed to that we have an understanding that harmonizes the world around us, you know, because I feel that we can have a relationship with the air, you know, and, um, you know, so I'm also a voice teacher and singer and things like that. So some of my younger students, some of my younger female students were often given sexy parts to sing, you know, mm -hmm. and especially when they weren't quite, they weren't maybe even sexually active in that point and didn't know what to do. And I was like, listen, I think sexuality is about showing pleasure. And if you think about the air being full of mink and just like caressing you the whole time, you're the sexiest thing that there is, you know? And that seemed to help them more than anything else, you know? And this idea that we can feel the elements around us and that we can look at a rock and feel its strength or feel it's blocking us or whatever these things are. And that sort of life and awareness, I think if someone has developed that, then it doesn't matter which religion they follow. That's maybe this is also, you know, not so in jive with Islam, but I think for me, anybody who is that aware is going to be uh, an interesting, positive and present force in this earth. That's what I think. Mm -hmm.
This is Tanya Pinkins. That was part one of my conversation with Megan Miller. Come back for part two of You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is dead. Tanya Pinkins' horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement. We are a majority in this country. And we're going to win the election. Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. I think we should call the sheriff's office. missing or dead are brown people they're after all of us what do we do amelia we die but we take some of them with us hey it's leslie Odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.